Welcome to Mind Over Matter with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. I share stories of insight, personal experience, ways in which I and others have overcome obstacles, and the importance of perseverance. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am thrilled to have you here on my podcast, tuning in weekly as I share two episodes with you. My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 175. This one is seriously one of my top favorites because this week's guest is sharing the ultimate story on how to thrive through adversity. I know we can all relate because we have all experienced our own ups and downs in life, but if you want to talk about endurance and perseverance and mindset and never giving up, this episode is for you. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I brought on Ryan Anderson. Ryan, welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Give the uh, listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Uh, currently I live in downtown Austin, Texas, and I am a coach, uh, a life coach, a business coach. I also do uh, real estate investment, I do fixing flips as well. Uh, that's what I current, those are what I currently do. That is, you're a busy man. I am. I am better than sitting at home and doing nothing all day. Right. Right. Well, what I love about you, we previously had a conversation, but I, I would love to share your story. Um, okay. if it, you know, I'll let you share what you'd like to, but it's this whole that you chose this thing that happened to you in life. You decided it became your ultimate challenge and you refused to lose. So what does that mean? You know, uh, for me, uh, as far as what that means before I get into my story, it was, um, so I'm totally blind currently. I was born sighted, but I'm, I grew up a huge sports guy and I'm very competitive by nature. And I just turned my blindness uh, into a challenge versus a disability because challenges can be beaten, whereas disabilities can't. I mean, you know, challenges may have setbacks, you may fail, you may, you know, you may have, you may struggle, but ultimately through perseverance, you can overcome and, and you can continue to win and beat that challenge. But if it's a disability, uh, you know, it, it, it just seemed like that was hopeless. So uh, I just, I made that change. I made it my ultimate challenge and, uh, you know, I've gone on and hopefully achieved more than I would have otherwise. Well, and you know, how did this come about, especially since you were born sighted, right. what happened? So, um, like I said, I was, I was born sighted, you know, I was your typical, you know, grew up in a dairy kind of kid. Uh, I was out, I mean, I was outside every day. I was playing army. I was riding horses, a huge football fan. Uh, my dream was to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, I'm out there. At the time, my idol was Joe Montana, so I had read about how he uh, put a tire swing up and, and threw in ran, football at the tire swing, ran drills. So that's what I did. I mean, I was modeling uh, successful people, and, and I was doing everything I possibly could to, to go on and achieve my, achieve my goal. And then, uh, like I said, 11 years old, almost 12, I randomly get sick. I have a brain abscess, which basically, you know, Part of my brain got infected, and you know, like when your finger gets infected, it swells. My brain did the same thing, hit the nerves that make you see where they cross, which is why I can't see today. And um, luckily, I 
I really truly came out relatively unscathed because, you know, when I'm going into surgery, they're telling my mom, uh, you know, dead or severe brain damage, everything. They gave her a locket of my hair as I'm going into surgery. They really didn't think I was going to make it. And, you know, not being able to see is basically all I came out with. So relatively unscathed. And, um, you know, uh, it, it was tough. It was a huge adjustment. I mean, uh, the next memory I have, like the last memory I have cited is my best friend running across the basketball court with a play PB basketball. Next thing I know, I'm waking up in a hospital. I can't see. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going wrong. And uh, it was, I mean, talk about traumatic and huge change. So uh, that first year was tough. Uh, first, you know, I'm from a small town. So, uh, you know, I was getting ready to play football my seventh grade year. Uh, so I wasn't able to do that. So, so much just changed. So, I go through my seventh grade year, um, I do well academically, but you know, it was tough. It was a huge adjustment. And then I decided to go to the school for the blind in Austin, my eighth grade year, because I wasn't getting the services, the skills that I needed to be a successful, uh, you know, successful blind person. So I, I, here I am, you know, what, 13 years old, living away from home, you know, in Austin, Texas, on a campus with a bunch of people I didn't know, uh, you know, to get the skills that I needed to get to go on and be successful. Uh, do that for a year, uh, come back, finish my high school career, go to college. College changed everything because I lived on campus, right? And lived in the dorm and everybody was there anyway. So we all did stuff together and I was just part of the crew. Whereas in high school, I was 15 miles from town. So um, it was the first time I was really a part of everything socially. And it's opened my world, you know, and um, uh, yeah. Went to, ended up uh, getting a master's in uh, counseling psychology and decided that's not what I wanted to do, which is ironic considering I coach now. I ended up on a whim going to law school, Texas Tech. Uh, that's a whole story in and of itself, too, if you want to get into it. And then um, passed Texas Bar, still a member of the Texas Bar, even though I don't practice. And, uh, you know, did that for a year, didn't enjoy it. And started thinking, what do I want to do that I don't have to sit behind a desk all day and research and write? And that's how I got started uh, investing in um, the fix and flips. And then like all good business people, I started educating myself on business. And just educating myself, it was like, no, time, I put all this education to use. And so I started coaching. And so a lot of my clients are business clients, but I also do other things as well. So it's kind of a brief little summary of who I am and that kind of stuff. I think with that, there's so much to talk about. And I mean, I have some basic questions. So for me, because yeah. I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes, but you're on this mm-hmm. interview and I can see you. And so right. is it totally black to you? Is it, is it just it is. blurred mm-hmm. out? Oh, totally it's weird. Uh, for me, it's totally black. But so like I said, my nerves were, 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 were pinched and that's why they, they were damaged essentially. But I don't think they were like severed. Because for me, it's black with these constant little boxes that are always coming in, which I, I'm pretty sure are nerve impulses that are just not being decoded the right way because there's just, just so few of them. And unless I focus on them, I, you know, like anything you use to me, you ignore them. But yeah, essentially, it's, it's pretty much black. So Yeah, and then you did share with me your college experience going through law school. And I would love for you to touch on that because, I mean, you've gone through some, I would think, hell right like you you talk about overcoming obstacles and perseverance and you know like where did this inner drive come from uh so you want the lost world story first you want me to answer that question first (laughs) 
uh, law school story. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, law school. Like I said, I, I went on a whim, uh, decided to go to law school on a whim. I literally like decided to do it, studied for the, the um, LSAT maybe three or four times, took it. Like I, it was not well planned. I uh, got, into, got into several. I uh, went to Texas Tech because it was just a good fit for me. And um, so law school, if you've never been, you know, a typical class reading assignment is, you know, 30 to 40 pages a night per class. You have, you know, four classes. Well, I do all my reading through um, the screen reading program on my, on my, at my computer. And so I needed my books in a digital format. Uh, I can do Braille, but it just it, it it's so slow. And one book would probably would have been forty or fifty volumes. And by volumes, I mean books that are three inches thick and a foot tall. So I mean, there's a massive amount of like space that would have been required for each book. And so um, I couldn't get my books from the publishers because they were worried about me giving them away for free in a digital format to all the classmates. <laughs> so. Here I am. I, I, I'm by the time I get my books six, seven weeks in the semester, I'm several hundred pages behind um, all my classmates as far as my reading assignments. Uh, on top of it, I was, like I said, from a small town. I had help throughout undergrad and grad school as far as just getting things done because it was more efficient. And I go to, I decided to not only do I go to law school on a whim, but I barely know how to run a computer because of technology at the time was just good enough to kind of hang yourself with. So I, I really I wasn't real great with technology like I should have been. So I, I don't have books that I can read. Uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to navigate the internet for the first time, how to do a job, I mean, uh, Windows and Word and all that stuff that I should have been, you know, you know, had to do years before that. Um, it was suggested to me that I should take one last class. And I'm like, I got this. No big deal. I, I made straight A's through grad and undergrad. I can, I can do this. So I just take one last class. And um, so the other part about law school that was different is you have mo- almost every class is one test. That's your grade at the end of the semester. And it suggested that you start studying six weeks out. Well, I, it's actually really not the one piece of advice I listened to. And so I started studying six weeks out with my assistants. The problem was my assistants were law students as well. So they were busy the exact same time I was busy. And through no fault of their own, I just couldn't get enough time with them. And um, all that stuff kind of compiled. And I ended up failing out of law school my first year um, just because I, I didn't listen. I was unprepared. And um, yeah, it, was, it was a huge blow. I mean, I, I had never failed anything academically before. But um, and I, did, I really, at this point in time, didn't want to be a lawyer. But I knew as the person who couldn't see having a law degree um always made me employable i would always be able to find a really good job so i was like i'm going to finish this plus he goes back to my competitiveness i was like i'm not going to let this beat me <laughs> so um i regrouped that summer i took the summer off I, I regrouped figured it out and basically started with a new plan and i did take one less class um because mostly because the school made me but i didn't do anyway that first year i had i had three options that i should get to this too by the way I had three options. Um, I could either start where I was, um, start back up where I was, but I had one semester to get my GPA to a 2.0. I could start over completely. My record would show that I had taken classes before, but there would be no grades, or I could quit. Well, I wanted to start where I was and um, try to get my GPA to 
the faculty voted against that, voted for me to start over completely, which was the best thing I could, I couldn't have gotten my GPA for mathematics, but they knew that. So, um, I start over new plan. Uh, we started getting my books, you know, six weeks before the previous semester even ended to make sure they were there on time. Uh, I, assistance wise, I started studying a month into the semester. That way I was prepared when it got down to the last six weeks, I didn't need people helping me study as much as I did. And um, by that point in time, I had learned computers really, really well. So I hit with a new game plan and went on and not only passed law school, but passed the bar the first time, Texas bar, which is one of the three toughest bars in the nation the first time. So, uh, you know, it's just, it was an amazing growth time. I grew up so much as an individual because um, uh, the failure, but the failure made me figure out how to do things on my own completely independently as much as possible as a blind person, which, you know, gave me confidence for not only law school and the bar, but, you know, going on to get jobs later, going on to start my own business. And it was like absolutely a pivotal moment in my life. So. Yeah, but I mean, talk about overcoming obstacles. You had one after yeah. another. So I did. Mm-hmm. where did you get the drive or the mindset to be like, fuck it, I'm going to complete these things? Yeah. So my coach hates this term, but it's something I heard many, many years ago when it came to athletes. And it was the term called competitive arrogance. And they don't like it because the term arrogance has a really bad connotation. And it does. I agree. It does. But in my opinion, it aptly describes that mindset. It's that mindset of, I don't care what the obstacle is. I am not going to let it beat me. And I don't know where I get it from. My dad is kind of that way. I and mean, he owns his own business. And when he came to business, he didn't let anything you know, stop him. My mom, my mom was very much that way. My mom's very much a fighter. But I mean, everything for her, she just, she's had to overcome a lot in her life. So that's probably a lot of it. But... I have it more than the rest of my family, and I'm not really sure why. I don't know how much of it is genetic or how much of it is the fact that I lost my vision and I just refuse to lose anything else that I don't have to. I don't know how – maybe it all plays in together. But um, I had it as a kid, you know. Uh, one of the stories my mom has when I'm in the hospital, you know, they, the doctors ask, what kind of kid was he? And um, my mom had told me, you know, I was you know, athletic, I was you know, competitive, I was uh, stubborn, you know, all these different things. And, and they, they were like, good, like that automatically increases his uh, odds of survival. So I've always kind of had it. So I don't know where it came from, but it's definitely a huge part of my being. And um, I, it, I can definitely say it's gotten me where, as far as it has in life. Well, and sometimes you, leads to bad decisions. So it works both ways. <laughs> so. As you share, technology has played a huge role in, mm-hmm. in getting you along. And, and I had asked, you know, like – because you scroll through and you comment and you like stuff on Facebook. And I was like, how, right. how does that mm-hmm. even work? So can you mm-hmm. explain to me whether it's computers or your iPhone, but how do you do Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So um, when I was in law school, every, everything I did, I did through on the laptop and it was through a program called JAWS, which was a screen reading program. And about midway through law school, the first iPhone came out that had a screen reading program on it. And the program is called VoiceOver. And all Apple products have it. You just go into the settings and you can turn it on, which is super amazing because it's not this you know, additionally expensive third-party application that I have to pay for to be able to do the same thing that everybody else does. Plus, 
the fact that it's built into the software. You can tell I've learned a lot about computers since law school. Uh, built into the software, it it works so much better than a third party application that you're in theory putting on top of other software. So it changed everything from the standpoint of um, ease of technology. Because on a phone, it was the first time that I could enter and delete my own contacts. It was the first time that I could check email from my phone. It was the first time I could text from my phone, which I dreaded because texting is slow. And I knew after I sent my first text, it, they would never stop. And I was right. They never stopped. And um, you know, it, it, so it completely opened up the world to me and opened it up on a level that everybody else, everybody else is on. So um, it really leveled the playing field. And that's really how I, I mean, that's how I'm doing this call. That's how I run my businesses. Uh, on a phone because it's always with me it they're super simple to use uh they're stable and um it just works so well and so not to be too cliche but i think in your whole story and in your background and experiences Mm -hmm. where there's a will there's a way absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah right and um three points that you shared with me was to get up readjust and keep going so is that kind of a motto or mantra that you live by Yes, um, it's not something that I probably ever put into those words like consciously every day, but it's definitely something that I, I do because um, you know it, I come from a mom who's a perfectionist, and um, perfectionism is hard because it's an unachievable standard. And I always say I'm not a perfectionist; I just want to be the best, which is two different things. Because you can be the best and still not be perfect. So. But when you're achieving for that level of the best, you're going to fail. You're going to have setbacks. And so I've always been like, you know, once I got to where I accepted that and that was part of the journey of uh, achieving greatness, I just, you know, I fail. You you, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you reevaluate, and then you go attack again with with, with your new uh, new plan, your new strategy. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, crap, you start over again. But um, that's the process of every successful person. And if you read enough the stories of successful people, it's amazing how many It's amazing how many and how big some of those setbacks and failures truly were before they went on to achieve greatness. Uh, and once you kind of realize that, you're not so embarrassed by the mistakes and the setbacks that you have. Right. Well, and I think in your case, it's the whole leveraging adversity, right? Like, I think right. you, you take what you're given and then you make the most of it. And you, I think, right. have far exceeded probably any expectations. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I appreciate that. It, so I, I do speak now. and I've spoke for about the past year or so, year and a half. And um, it took me a long time to ever want to speak because I'm like, I truly, and still to this day, don't think anything I've achieved is all that remarkable. And it took me a really long time to figure out, like, like, why do I feel that way? And this, this is where my competitive arrogance comes in. Um, I never really thought I'd fail. Uh, I just didn't. And so if you never think you're going to fail, then when you succeed, it's no big deal because that's what, that was the expectation. You made it big deal. When I failed out of law school, I am super, super proud of my law school achievement and my bar achievement because I failed and, and there was that risk of losing it, right? And so, like, I, I think you have to have that, you know, 
feeling uh, fear of loss to really appreciate things. And so it, it took me a long, long time to embrace that the fact that I have gone on and I've done much more than, uh, than survived. I really have gone on and, and thrived. And it's something I had to come to grips with as odd as that is, as odd as that sounds to say. Well, I want to ask you, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation? Really, the key to success in life is your mindset. It really is how you evaluate situations. It's how you label situations. Um, it's the terms you put on it. It's the way you look at it. I mean, like, like, back to the original question, um, I, I could have used it, I could have said it was a disability and I can't do it versus this is a, a challenge, a huge challenge in my life that I'll be dealing with, you know, as long as I'm blind. And, you know, it's something that I, I will pro- present daily challenges that I can overcome. Like this, the fact that I can overcome them is huge because, you know, that, that automatically means, okay, let's look for, let's look for solutions. Uh, let's keep trying uh, versus, you know, looking at it as a helpless situation. Mm-hmm. So looking at, or helpless or hopeless situation. Um, look, really look at the way that you're you're thinking about things in your life. Look at the words that you're using, in, like when you're talking about self talk. The words that you're using to describe the things in your life, because by just changing a few of those, as simple as it sounds, um, really, it's amazing how when you look at something as a challenge, solutions abound. When you look at it as a hopeless, I can never overcome this. You never even try to find those solutions because why try something that you can never over, over, that you can never overcome? So um, that would be my biggest thing. Really look at uh, how you're viewing the world, your self talk, and make sure that it's allowing you to come up with solutions. Well, what I love about you, Ryan, is that you are literally the prime example of choosing to be a victim or victor. And I love the light. I love the mindset. I love your perseverance and achievement. And, and I think, you know, because you don't feel that you've accomplished that much. I feel that we are our own worst critic, right? And and I can relate to you. Mm -hmm. I relate to you because I've done things Mm -hmm. and I don't think they're that big of a deal. And other people applaud me. And I guess... Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, maybe it's our mindset and we have such a high level of, um, we hold ourselves so high of expectations mm-hmm. of what we will accomplish right. that. Right. So I guess my advice to you is to, it's okay to give yourself a pat on the back. Yes. And I agree. And I, I've had to learn that. I've had to learn and accept and embrace that because uh, I didn't for the most of my life. Uh, I, I just, I, I didn't. So. And that's hugely important, you know, acknowledgement of success. It's hugely important because if you never acknowledge it, you don't appreciate the journey. And the reality is almost your entire life is spent on the journey. You have goal accomplishment along the way, but those are brief. Those are small. Uh, if you're ambitious, you just go on and set a new goal. So most of your life is going to be on the journey. So learn. I had to learn to embrace that and appreciate um appreciate the journey appreciate the struggles and successes along the way because if you don't you're gonna be miserable <laughs> since that's the majority of your life for sure what i would like to do to wrap up this interview i have a few rapid fire questions for you okay. and the first is what is a quote or motto that you live by 
Be bold in everything you do. You're definitely living that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, what is a book you're currently reading or have read and that you highly recommend? I know this, is, this should be like a business book that I recommend, right? Or, or I'm reading. Uh, I do read business books occasionally. Right now I'm in the middle of a highly nerdy sci-fi series. Um, and it is the Monster Hunter um, Memoirs, which is a series within the Monster Hunter Files. I have no idea what that is, but I know I have my sci-fi nerd. I get it from my mom, so we'll blame her for it. So. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and finally, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, that is a really good question, and I. It would be it would be probably to ex- it would it's gonna sound weird for me. So I have weird I, I think everybody does. I have weird pockets of insecurities and it would be um to be more realistic about what you're insecure about um and not be so fearful to put yourself out and try to be more brave in those areas of insecurity because if you never um, if you never push yourself beyond that that comfort zone you'll never overcome those insecurities for sure so is what you're saying is is to embrace them be aware of them and embrace them uh and it depends on how you define embrace. To me, it would be, it'd be be aware of them. Find out which ones you think are holding you back in areas of your life that you want to be successful in or that you want to achieve. And then make, and then go out and do things to basically, to basically become that person that you want to become um, and, and get out of that comfort zone yeah. and basically reestablish a new comfort zone um because once you do once you once you have a new comfort zone then you know you've just raised your bar tremendously so uh it's more that depending like i said on how you meant um that one word yeah well and and preach on that because that's serious so that is the top two things that i always always talk about and everything i do Mm -hmm. is to bust outside of your comfort zone and to feel the fear and do it anyway right right because the reality is, in our current safe American environment, almost every fear out there is a fear of a social thing. You know, we're not running from uh, lions or tigers or, you know, uh, packs of marauding humans, most of us. There are people who live in, you know, dangerous situations where there are gangs and stuff. But with the majority of, majority of us, our fears are constructs, sorry, constructs of our own mind. So they're really not anything to be physically afraid of so why not just embrace it go on and and you know once you go through it you realize you know what really wasn't that bad (laughs) so i think that's an excellent note to end on ryan thank you so much for joining and sharing your story today absolutely thanks for having me thanks for tuning into this week's episode to connect with me further you can find me on facebook Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as Heather.hakes. 
And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.